Here's what's coming up on this week's show. I believe everyone's got a vein of Marmite that runs through them. And I believe that vein is thicker in some people than in others. Totally been distracted there by the whole idea of having a vein of Marmite. I love Marmite. <laughs> the beat. Welcome to the Big Little Business Show, the podcast that helps small business think big. Hey, hey, how you doing? Welcome to the Big Little Business Show. It's Paul Mumford over here, the lovely Claire Horsley over there. Before we go any further, if you haven't heard the podcast before, we're a weekly podcast to help small businesses grow with access to leading experts from all over the world. Now, whatever platform you're listening to us on right now, don't forget to hit follow or subscribe uh, because that helps to pick us up in podcast land and you don't miss out on future episodes. And leave us a review too because that really helps too. It helps the uh, podcast algorithms to send us out out to more people now this week we've got not one not two not how many people we've got on the show this week we have one two three four five wow i don't think we've had that many since we did our clubhouse episode no we haven't uh way back in the spring so there's a reason why we've got lots of people on today isn't there there is because we just felt that in the true essence of business networking we would have more than one guest on the show to actually share their own views on what is the future for business networking yeah because that's really changed isn't it over the last Mm. 18 months I guess it was all face to face if you went to a networking group yeah you'd you'd go meet in a certain place or go meet for breakfast or something Mm -hmm. Uh, but then it had to change completely overnight and And uh, now we're out the other side, kind of. Where does that lead us now? Yeah, exactly. There's been quite a few changes in in the world of business, of course, um, in general. But in terms of business networking, there's a lot of people who are now trying to find their feet. You know, they've maybe only done online networking. Maybe they're looking at doing face-to-face networking. Um, And there seems to be, you know, a lot of divided opinions out there. But actually, ultimately, you know, the decision comes down to the business owner so you can make the right decision for you. And also, I guess, for people who maybe a little bit new to business or have set up that business during COVID, they're out the other side and thinking they might try networking for the first time. They're not entirely sure what it looks like now or how it's going to be or you know, whether it's going to be safe to go back and start talking to people in the same room. Or yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit confusing now, isn't it? I think it's a lot, there's a lot of messages. There's a lot of noise about it. Um, And that is why we wanted to bring um, a a varied response in terms of the opinions of people who are actually experiencing networking um, and have done prior to COVID and during COVID um, and now where we see ourselves now. So before we dive in, let us know who we've got on the show today. So we have got Aaron Desmond from Networking Essex. We have Helen Mitchell from Blue Enigma. We have Sean Purcell, founder of the Better Business Network and business coach for millennial entrepreneurs. And we also have BJ Stevens, who is the US ambassador for your partnerships networking and Brock, who is the managing director from your partnerships too. Wow. Okay. And I'll just warn you that when we have multiple people on the podcast at the same time, when we get to that biscuit question, it usually turns into a big debate. So be warned. This is the Big Little Business Show. Okay, so I think the first question that we need to ask is why is it so important for business owners to network in the first place? And I would like to ask this to Helen, please. Networking for business is important because it's all about communication. How are you communicating with people you want to do business with? Who are you as a person first and foremost? Because I think... When you think about a product or service, you can often 
often be sidelined, but I think it's a whole package. So when I look at someone in terms of their networking style, it's not only about their product or service, it's about who they are. Does my spirit take to them? So networking for me tells me who you are, what it is you have to offer and whether I want to work with you. And that's whether I want to work with you in terms of there's some natural synergy or whether I just like who you are or I like what your product is or your services and possibly who you are. So I may even network and help your business outside of our mutual um, synergy because I like you. Now, Aaron, I'm going to ask you the same question because I obviously know you run a networking group. So uh, obviously your answer will come from a slightly different place to Helen's. But just as, as someone who enjoys going to a networking group, whether it be your own or someone else's, what yeah, what is important for you with networking? So in truth, I completely agree with um, Helen. Um, for me, I'm probably quite a bit older than the rest of you. And uh, back in the day, it wasn't really computers, iPhones or anything else. And people won business by literally knocking on people's doors. And if you were knocking on someone's door, then you kind of had a few minutes to impress them. And if you didn't, you were leaving that door quite rapidly. Um, mm. So my values are, are very old school. And when I saw this, this increase in email marketing many years ago now, um, where thousands of emails were, were being sent out, it's very impersonal. Um, now, people were talking about the 1%, the leaflet scenarios and whatever else. But the problem was, was that at that point, you could create a business that had an international feel and flavor, but in reality, could have been worked out of somebody's bedroom, which we probably all do nowadays. But um, So it, it is about first impressions. I believe people by people. I've got a little saying that I'll, I'll drop on you guys now. I believe everyone's got a vein of Marmite that runs through them. And I believe that vein is thicker in some people than in others. But different people see it and different people don't. I believe that if you set three businesses up right in front of each other that all sold the same product, offered the same service, uh, at the same price, all had great reviews, why would you pick one over another? And that is purely because you do have that chemistry with some people and not with others. People by people, if they like what you do, then they will either look at your services and see whether or not they can use them or they will definitely recommend and refer them when they hear opportunities that come your way. Totally been distracted there by the whole idea of having a vein of Marmite. I love Marmite. <laughs> yeah. Now, I've run out of Marmite, so that'd be great for me. So in my toast in the morning, I can just prick my finger and I'm good to go. <laughs> so the, the world of business changed dramatically back in March 2020. Um, and I'd be really interested to hear Sean's views on... How did you react to that situation within your own world of networking? Um, and did your new method work or was there an element of trial and error? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So um, obviously the business I predominantly have is, is business coaching. And up until that point, uh, meeting new prospects and, and who became clients, it was all about the interpersonal so Aaron will know you know I, I did a lot of networking during that time because so many business owners were unsure and uncertain about what the future held but they couldn't meet face to face they still wanted a community we've got a, a Facebook group called the Better Business Network that's got now 1200 members and at the start of lockdown it had 300 most of that organic growth was through lockdown because although Facebook and Facebook Lives and Zooms and things couldn't fully replicate face-to-face. -face. 
what we still found was that people wanted a sense of community. And I think that's sometimes what networking can bring. It's really important that you build relationships, but it is that sense of belonging and being part of something that's greater. And so for us, it was how did we try, what could we do to try and replicate what was happening face to face, but using online platforms to, to try and keep that sense of community and keep business owners going through what was quite tough times and, and for many of them quite remote times. And I'm sure they needed it then more than ever is to feel part of something to take away that feeling of isolation and not feeling supported. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the um, uh, I remember at its peak in the first lockdown, it felt like I was sitting on Zoom or Facebook from morning through to evening. But there it was, how do we bring experts in? How do we bring, you know, accountants in to talk about this new thing called furlough? How do we bring HR experts in to talk about how uh, the implications of that? We ran surgeries, we ran drop-ins, we brought guest speakers in. So we tried wherever possible, even if it was for people to come online onto Zoom in a, in a room where they could see each other, chat, ask questions and, and, and try to keep that sense of connection Um and, and that was that was the thing that, that got us through and ultimately that, that grew that grew that network. Let's go over to the States now and speak to BJ, who's in Iowa. So how did it change for you, BJ, when the whole world locked down and the US locked down? How did your networking group change? I, I've got over 60 plus years in this business. Sorry, Aaron, I do out age you. Um, but but I do come from that uh, very beginnings. Um, where where my first experience was door knocking, walking the neighborhoods and the communities. I I have an unconventional approach. I I see the changes that have taken place, not just in business, but we sometimes forget about the consumer side of business. And I think this last year. Many businesses were trying to focus on how to expand what they're offering and things. However, they didn't pay attention to how the consumer was shopping. Um, I, I always subscribe to that KLT acronym, no like and trust. And I think that's one of the things networking has provided. I wonder whether the older generation or the generation that remembers a time when things were very different as far as networking is concerned. I wonder whether that put us in a better place to adapt more when COVID hit and we found that we had to change and we had to change fast. Do you think that was the case, BJ? Or do you think um, being that a little bit older had um, a detrimental effect to that? That's kind of a complicated uh, question because we I like asking complicated questions well you did so, <laughs> so give yourself high fives um, here in the states it is true that we are viewed as from the world as leaders in many 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 areas but when it comes to networking we're 20 years behind the UK we don't approach networking the way you you folks do um it is more of a self-serving approach here. It is more of a high competition uh, approach here. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, it, it really is. Um, just for an example, uh, several months back, I had a conversation with a local business owner and I asked him, do, do you by any chance know the name of the person at the corner from your block? And he said, no, why would I? 
And I said, do you know what they offer? And he said, no, I'm not interested. And I said, so from the approach of helping your fellow community business owner, why wouldn't you want to refer someone over there if you happen to know that that customer you're speaking to may be in need of that? Mm. And he said, I, I don't care what they do. I'm only focused on what I want. I've been doing business 35 years. I think I pretty well know what I'm doing. That's sad, isn't it? That's a shame that the, uh, the, there are, I mean, no, that's fine. There are people who think like that, but uh, I think there's so much value in, you know, in your referring and uh, and looking out for one another and you know, and working collaborative, co- collaboratively. And uh, I know, Claire, you're a big fan of that, aren't you? What, the word or saying the word? <laughs> just being able to say it. Just yeah, being able just, to speak, I just really. able to say it. Yeah, very much, because I believe that you know, we all have something different to bring to the table. And actually, even though we might do the same thing on paper, the personality behind what we offer, we're going to have, I think Helen mentioned this earlier, more natural synergy with certain people, because that's what makes the world you know more interesting and that's what makes us different. We've talked about before... Uh, what networking was like before COVID and uh, during, um, but where are we actually at now? Um, I would love to know from Brock how you currently run run your meetings. Wow, that's, a, that's an interesting one to bring to me, Claire, right now because uh, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> because we're in such a migration changeover. Um, mm. uh, during well, to begin with, I think you, you Paul did get to the word I was looking for because what Helen said and what everyone has said is. So correct. But the one thing I was going to say with networking to me, uh, the one thing it brings to the table is collaboration itself. Um, so that's you can say it so much better than well, me, me, bro. I, I sat in the mirror and practiced it many times before we came on the call. <laughs> uh, when we first went into lockdown, so trying to answer Claire's question, you know, we we all jumped online and we all did this, and I think this kind of goes back to all of it. And um, sort of like Sean was saying, um, we were just doing it to have something to do. And the, but the thing that we did learn quite quickly is we needed to have a purpose for jumping on these calls as well. So that's why, you know, we started doing a lot of industry specific, which we had been doing some before uh, lockdown. And now coming back out of lockdown, we're, um, well, we're up to doing about anywhere between about three and eight uh, face-to-face events already um, per week. So, uh, so we'll get back up to our norm. Um, but we're, of course, now using the blend of trying to do online and face-to-face. Uh, I don't mind saying that the community online has shrunk tremendously because people can get out and about again. Um, I do predict, <laughs> and this is just a guess. I'm not, you know, I'm no cleverer than the next person, but I do predict after a while that, you know, everybody's been let out, you know, we've all, you know, been locked up for a while. So we're all running out and going to face to face. I think after a while, there'll be a resurgence of, uh, of, of online as well. It's a bit like a novelty at the moment. Do you think, uh, this was going to be my next question, actually. Um, yeah, I'll ask you, Brock, but we'll maybe go around the room on this one because, some people are enjoying the idea of going out and actually meeting people face to face again, which is fantastic. There might still be some people who are a little bit uncertain and still like to do it online. But yeah, where do you see that going in six months time? Do you think it's going to be a sort of a bit of a hybrid affair or will it be one or the other? What do you reckon? I, I think I think it's like, you know, networking, just like all businesses, we've got to we've got to go from what we've learned during this uh, these past 18 months. So I think it will be a bit of a hybrid, Paul, uh, a hybrid. And uh, the I think I think a lot of it I have to do with weather uh, <laughs> because yeah. I think we get, we get cold nights and rainy days and everything. 
everything else, then uh, I think people are like, oh, I think I'll just jump online. A nice day. And, you know, it's a it's a pub garden networking. Hey, they'll flock to that like crazy. But it's going to depend on, you know, and a lot of it obviously depends on your business and your product and whether you can uh, trade globally, internationally or whether it's more of a local offer. So yeah, there's, I don't think there's one size fits all, but I think we, the main thing, as long as we take forward what we've learned in these 18 months and, and you know what, the, the customers will tell us, they'll, they'll tell us, they'll vote with their feet where they want to be simple as that. So go, going back to how people's, um, and I know you know some clients where their businesses have really evolved and changed, you know, sometimes because they've had to, but sometimes because they've actually seen, um, you know, different ways of working and a different way that they can offer uh, their businesses as a service um what opportunities do you think it's given business owners uh, when they come to work online as opposed to maybe going uh, to face-to-face meetings um be great to hear from you sean with this one please there are advantages for business owners doing networking face-to-face it uh, you know there is the efficiency argument straight away in that if you're particularly if you're working from home and you're going from one room to another um you don't have all the travel time. You don't have all the the, the, the bump from the from the faff around things. But on the other hand, a lot of business owners, whatever their product or service is, still do feel that they can deepen a relationship by being face to face. I was at a face to face networking breakfast this morning. Um, that group is mostly at the moment online. It meets face to face once a month. And actually, it had more visitors, it had more energy, it had more activity in the room as a result of going face to face. And I think that even the businesses that thrive online in terms of products or services still feel when it comes to building relationships, strategic partnerships, all of that, they do want to see and affect the whites of people's eyes. They do want to in effect, break bread up with them. They they do want to be able to, whether it's a, a handshake or a bump or a cuddle or whatever, they, you know, they want to feel some sense of of connection because that deepens the relationship and, and accelerates it in a way that maybe online can't. You know, what what we found with Facebook uh, online was that people often, you know, would jump on one minute before the call started um, and would then jump off as soon as the formal part of a networking meeting ended. I think you're in the room as well. When you're in a room, you are in the room. Whereas when you're on Zoom or something else, it's easy to be distracted and maybe do a little bit of work because you're on your computer at the time or uh, yeah, maybe someone comes in the room or something like that. But if you're going to an event, you're there. So perhaps you're more focused, wouldn't you think? Might be more invested in it. Yeah, yeah and I think I think one of the things as well that, that we've picked up as people have transitioned back to some of the face-to-face stuff I've been involved in is some of them have actually, if they, if they join the networking group online, They've never learnt the sort of etiquette that you have, the unspoken etiquette around a face-to-face event. So it was really interesting to go back to a face-to-face and see people who had never networked face-to-face, who had only known it during COVID, who suddenly actually, in one case, got out their laptop and was doing their emails um, in the meeting. Um, and, And that's not that, you know, that was that was not a conscious thing as such. It's just they've known no different. And I think that what we've got to do, particularly for face-to-face events, is make sure that we're educating people who maybe never networked face-to-face before and have only joined any form of networking group online 
that actually if it does move back face to face, there are ways to handle yourself and to do networking in a in a face to face environment. Mm. Do you think it's changed forever, Aaron, or, or do you think um, we're going to go back to one way or the other, or you know, or maybe it'll be a bit of both? Or how do you think it's going to change? <laughs> so for us, it's just gone back to face to face. We had our last online meeting um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, and it's really funny, isn't it? it, it it's funny how um, I've been doing this for 15 years now, running the networking groups, and we are very much a social networking group um, with very like-minded people. So I would say the 18 months, or roughly the 18 months that we ran the online networking for, we started probably two weeks before lockdown. And um, I would say as a percentage, probably at tops, 10%, maybe 15% of our members would attend online meetings. And that's as we came to the end of, of lockdown, it was probably 5%. If you like someone, you're more inclined to A, remember them and ask them more questions about their business and their life. And then when you, you hear an opportunity, it's personal. You know, you recommend and refer them because you like this person. I think we've had two online meetings since we came out of lockdown. And I think, as everyone said, the meetings fell off a cliff. We were using Remo, which allowed us to still keep small groups together, but rooms that had quite a few people in. Even the people that we met on the online community that told us they'd never been face-to-face networking. By the time they went through this journey, they couldn't wait to meet people out and about and we've met so many new faces through being online and online was fantastic but it's all we had I mean I'm glad to be away from it if I'm to be honest it was brilliant at the time it it kept our brand out there um but no we we won't be doing any more online we are just concentrating now face to face and every week we see the numbers increase and we're slowly getting back to you know 70 to 100 in a room at the moment and we'll get back to the 150s 200s in I would imagine in the next two or three months. I was going to say to Aaron, if I could jump in real quick, wasn't amazing um, seeing some of those people face to face for the first time. Some of them much taller, some of them much shorter. So some of them perhaps a bit fatter. People have legs. <laughs> it's the most bizarre experience, isn't it? I mean, we we had members join during that period, so they'd never experienced our face to face and and sort of our community of businesses, and. Um, at, uh, the first meeting we had, we were restricted to 30 people. It was outdoors in a, in a beer garden. And um, at the beer garden's got the car park right next to it. And as people were pulling up in their cars, and we used to have to wear masks at the time, and as people were pulling up in their cars, they'd get out of the car, and before they put the mask on, they had the biggest smile on their wow. face. You, you could see at the top of their face, they were apprehensive about being mm. there. And they would walk up. And the amount of people that I didn't recognise face-to-face that I'd been networking with for ages online. But as you say, even their features, people look different. They react differently. Their their body language. I'm, I would, again, I'm, I'm a little bit old school. And back in the day, we were taught to read people's body language. Definitely. And what a great... Yeah, you, know, you can't do that when someone's sitting in front of a screen. Not so much, no. I mean, it's really interesting how different people look in real life as opposed to Zoom. I mean, Claire and I are obviously far more attractive in real life than we are on <laughs> Zoom. Uh, but I don't think any network meeting is ready for that yet. 
<laughs> now, uh, for those of you who have been on the podcast before, you'll know how we like to wrap things up. But for those of you who are new here, you might not know what goes on next. We have a set of questions we always ask at the end of every episode. Uh, they're completely unrelated to whatever the topic of the episode is. Uh, and they're inspired by a US TV show, which I know BJ and Brock you'll be familiar with, called Inside the Actors Studio. Um, and anyway, we've kind of took in, so taken some inspiration from the final questions uh, that got asked at the end of that show show so we're going to just going to pick a few people off here and uh, we'll ask you one each so I'm going to start with you Brock what's your favorite smell Ooh, I would get that one wouldn't I I guess it'd have to be some fresh baked bread or pastries oh yeah absolutely yeah they always say that when you're trying to sell a house have some fresh baked bread on the go don't you or, or coffee or oh, maybe yes. both making me hungry okay Aaron um I would like to ask you what is your favorite biscuit oh it's gonna be a chocolate digestive good good anyone else got a got a biscuit choice they'd like to BJ have you got anything you'd like to throw in here and well, biscuits aren't really an American thing are they yeah you are not however um biscuits here in the states are called cookies and uh, I would guess that my favorite cookie is always a homemade cookie, not a store-bought. And yeah. out of the homemade, it's probably oatmeal. So you don't have the range that we have. You don't have things like custard creams and... Uh, Jammy Dodgers. Bourbons. Yeah, Bourbons. And uh, what are the ones? Um, nice Biscuits. I mean, what a stupid name for a biscuit. But yeah, you don't get any of that. You, know, you don't get anywhere near the range. So I think you have to go homemade. You're right. Ironically, my roommate actually works in a manufacturing company that makes cookies. Their market is the discount market. So if you go to Walmart, you can have peanut butter cookies or Fig Newtons or um, Oreos. Oreos. What's a Fig Newton? Yeah, it's it's a cake. It's a cake like little pan sized sandwich. Wrapped around. Oh, yeah, we call them fig rolls Ooh, here. Sounds... Yeah, they're amazing. Ugh. Fig rolls are great. Don't you like a fig roll, Claire? No, I do oh, not. Oh, they're, they're the best. <laughs> I like a fig roll. I'm a diabetic, so just think it's enough. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've just killed Aaron. <laughs> well, look, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. That's been really interesting and lots of different opinions on, uh, on the subject. And different ways of looking at things and nice to see some hear some opinions from uh, the other side of the Atlantic as well so thank you BJ for joining us yeah thank you guys this is the Big Little Business Show the podcast with bigger tips for small business so what's really interesting is to hear the, the different views from people who are actually you know really in the thick of networking and and how their own experiences really have affected their own views on what they do and how they plan to move forward yeah it was a really, it was a really interesting conversation I'm glad we had lots of different people on because we did get slightly different um, answers from people um, and it's nice to have someone on from mm. the states as well and interesting how BJ was saying uh, how behind they are in the mm. states with regard to networking and they don't sort of see it as a collaborative thing oh, so I got it out in one, one well go there uh, don't see it as a collaborative thing I'll say it again uh, because it's all about competitiveness over there That's, that was really interesting to learn that yeah it really surprised me actually uh, that really did surprise me but I, I do really truly believe that you know that word collaboration has really been a very very powerful um, tool and I think really insightful for a lot of business owners to actually recognise that you know we are very uh, unique but also 
equally we're all very different and we can complement each other really really nicely by working in collaboration to complement the business services we offer oh one thing we need to mention because there are people listening in australia and america and other places in the world who don't have it we have to mention what marmite is how Mm. would you describe that yes marmite a this is going to sound gross and actually not edible a tar like a tar like um thick substance like kind of like the stuff that you find at the bottom of a pond i was going to describe it as um a black thick um paste not paste really is it it's a bit more gooey than paste it's like glue yeah 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 a black thick glue made from (laughs) yeast extract which yeah that sounds like the grossest thing in the world but the 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 the, the whole marmite analogy that uh, we were using earlier on the fact with Marmite is one of those things that really um, has everyone has an opposing view to. You either love Marmite or you absolutely hate it, and there seems to be no in between. Uh, it's a bit sort of polarizing in that way. So I think that's what we were referring to when he was talking about his Marmite vein is the fact that you know there there are some people that you absolutely love or you really don't get along with, like they've got a vein of Marmite. But that is so so true. I can't think of one person that have said, "Oh, I could take it or leave it." It's either oh, don't even talk about it, or I love that. So and so much so. So for people who don't know what Marmite is or haven't come across it before, so much so that actually Marmite owned that, didn't they? And they had an advertising campaign based around the fact that people either love it or hate yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's very unique, definitely. It's very unique. Do you know you can get Marmite rice crackers now, by the way? You can get Marmite chocolate as well. And that's, can you? Uh, I draw the line somewhere and that's where I draw it. Ooh, didn't know that. I'll leave that one. So before we tell you what's on the podcast next week, we've got one final guest to bring on, and that's Adam Daniel. He's been with us almost since the beginning of the year now, uh, reading a whole bunch of business and self-development books every month, and then coming on to the podcast and telling us which ones he likes best. So with his top pick for the month, here's Adam. Welcome to this month's book review. And as always, I have three excellent books that I would really love to share with you. First up this month is Adam Grant and Think Again. This really is a must read for anyone who wants to create a culture of learning and exploration. It distills complex research into a compelling case for why each and every one of us should continually question old assumptions and embrace new ideas and perspectives. This book is guaranteed to make you rethink your opinions and your most important decisions, whilst helping you build your intellectual and emotional muscle to keep you curious. I really do recommend everyone gives this book a read. It was brilliant. The second book this month is Self-Compassion by Christine Neff. She is the world's expert on self-compassion and in her book she offers a powerful solution to combat depression and low self-worth. These symptoms are living in the present world, this current world that we often feel very pressurised in. She shows you how to limit self-criticism and its harmful effects and instead learn how to be kinder to yourself and achieve your dreams. In this book, she uses exercises to to heal destructive emotional patterns so that you can become healthier, happier, and more effective. And onto the final book for this month, which is Matthew Saeed's Rebel Ideas. 
Rebel Ideas really will change the way you think about success. It examines the power of cognitive diversity, which is the ability to think differently about the world around us. It also explains how to harness our unique perspectives, pull our collective intelligence, and tackle your greatest challenges. This will certainly help you to strengthen any team or organization that you may be working in. However, it also has plenty of brilliant personal benefits, helping us to be more creative and collaborative, as well as showing us how to break free of the echo chambers all around us. Once more, an extremely powerful book, and Matthew Said, in my opinion, is a brilliant writer. I love listening to his stories. He really does take you on a journey. If you do read any of these books, I would love to hear what you thought of them. Give me your feedback. And also, if you have any recommendations for me, I'd love to hear those as well. And maybe I can get those out on the book review at a future date. So until next month, keep reading. So you can find out more about the books that Adam has recommended at our website, thebiglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and click on the links and uh, purchase some of the books for yourself. And it's next week, this is not, you know, not that this hasn't been made up or anything, yeah. but next week we're talking about writing your own business book. Yes, we are. We're talking about exactly that. So how would you actually begin to write a business book? Why would you do it in the first place? And what types of things do you have to think about uh, when you're starting your journey maybe for the first time as an author. And this is such a big topic that we've actually split this up into two episodes. So for the first episode next week, we're going to be talking about how you actually go about writing a book. And then in the second half, we're going to be talking about publishing. So if this is something you've thought about doing before uh, and maybe a little bit nervous or don't know where to start, uh, then this could be quite an important episode. Have you ever thought about doing it? Do you know what I have? But I'm not very good with words as you know in typing so I think it might take me a little while I think by the time I finished it I'd be retired what would you call it it's all about me (laughs) (laughs) see they are bestseller right there well on that note I think we'll leave it there we'll see you next week with another episode say goodbye Claire (laughs) bye bye you've been listening to the big little business show with Paul Mumford and Claire Horsley you can subscribe to get the latest episodes via iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, and everywhere you find your favourite podcasts. Come and find us at biglittlebusinessshow.co.uk and we're on Facebook too. Just search for Big Little Business Show. It's all about you, Claire. It's, it's all about you. <laughs> That's so funny. Where did that come from? I have no idea.